0: Welcome to Are We Where Yet with Johnny Awesome and Tori Black.
1: All right. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Episode 9 of the Are We Where Yet podcast. I'm your host, Johnny, and we've got Tori here. What's up, guys? I'm back. She's back. She's been working out, too. She's all strong. it has got a cut-off Star Wars t-shirt on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
1: She's love Star Wars. <laughs> showing off her muscles and her fangirl side. So anyway, uh, first of all, I want to thank our partners, the uh, Studio Y, if you Say that you listen to our podcast or get 25% off your membership or a class. You could take uh, a yoga class. I think they got yoga and beer now. It's something they're doing with a pint house. Beer? Yeah. I don't know if you get 25% off the beer, but you get 25% off something. Like at the yoga? I think they do it slots? at the pint, pint house.
0: Oh, okay. I thought they were like drinking beer and doing yoga.
1: Oh, that'd be cool. Because they, yeah, they, no, they've they done do. the they, cat thing, right? Oh, yeah. You could do yoga with cats. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, haven't, I have yet to do it. I do have cats. And I have had tried tried yoga, so I might try it. But so that's one of our uh, uh, partners. And then we also got uh, the North End Coffee House, ten percent off a drink or a free cookie. So I got that out of the way. On the other side of the mic here, we got Russ Clark. Good morning. Good morning, Russ. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing I'm doing well. I got my boy in town. You do you you yeah. brought back Yeah, I don't.
2: Yeah, I, uh, security. <laughs> security. <laughs> that's, so is he just visiting? Well, he's, he's getting ready to go overseas, so this is, uh, you know, he's got a little time off, wanted to come down and visit before he, uh, we don't see him for a while. Yeah, so he's, he's traveling. Where's he going
1: overseas? Oh,
2: Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, that can't, sounds. Can't spell it, but I know it's where it's at. Yeah, it, it, it sounds like <laughs> Middle East. Correct. Yeah, did, did I win anything? Yeah, uh, United Arab Emirates. You think of Dubai. Dubai. Dubai right, oh, yeah. That area. Beautiful city. I'm from the pictures, never been there, but I may get the opportunity now. Yeah, they got if
1: you got an Apple TV. One of the things that comes up as like a screensaver is Dubai, mm-hmm. and it's incredible the technology they have. Mm-hmm. And just to think that started out as a little desert, like nothing, and the guy that had a vision, it turned it into this great you know, a, a vision and piles of oil money. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it. it's more vision. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so anyway, people are probably wondering who Russ Clark is and why we have him on the show. So, uh, a little bit it's about because you. I didn't
2: send you a bio. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. You didn't. You did scenes. <laughs> but uh, a little bit about Russ Clark. You, you got the Russ Clark show, which Correct. is a radio show that broadcasts on AM five sixty yeah. every morning. Sure, every every weekday morning. Every weekday morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. From
2: six to nine. eight. Well, six to eight. Six yes. to eight. Some days. And I help out with the eight to nine show. Mm-hmm. So I'm on six to nine, but my show's six to eight.
1: Yes, yeah. So, and then, But you do have an extra hour some days, right? On Thursday.
2: On Thursday. And on Thursday, just three hours of me, as much as you can stand.
1: Yeah, I know. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's pushing it. But uh, anyway, and then also
2: former uh, county supervisor. Correct. Uh, chairman of the board for county supervisors. So I was on a county supervisor's board for th- uh, four years. Uh, entrepreneur, owned Napa Auto Parts.
1: Yeah, owned a few of them, right? Correct. Eight. Eight? Well, yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah a little bit
2: more than a few. Yeah. You know, just father helper whatever all around you know, anything i can do right now just uh living as a uh, homeless it, it, well, whatever you,
1: you're gonna ruin it we haven't got to that part yet. <laughs> we, the, we we the, you gotta build up to that right. part that's like a, but okay so that's a little bit of, about your background but let's uh-huh. let's start off okay well i'll just say this how i know you Yes. As I was introduced to a former business partner of mine. You had your radio show, and you were crazy enough to let me have a microphone on your show. Absolutely. You know, and to me, it's like I always I loved radio growing up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought I had good things to say. Found out some of those things that I had to say weren't so
2: good. Well, it's all subjective, but we all learn, we all develop, we all move forward. Uh, from all of those things. So it's it's all that interaction is positive to me. And see, and you saw
1: that. That's the thing that I really appreciate about you, that you you saw me come in, tattoos, backwards hat. This is yeah. whole thing that does to- not fit with a typical conservative talk radio show.
2: I like that. As long as you're not dating my my daughter, it's
1: fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. <laughs> well, Russ, I have something to tell you. Just kidding. Um, so... You know you you gave me a microphone and sure. a place to express myself, sure, and to kind of get my views off and back when i I guess when I first started on your show i'd be more of a I, I had a lot of conservative uh values that I grew up with, sure, but more of a bleeding heart liberal in the beginning
2: you know but, but yeah you were you were obstinate and, and I think you were contrarian a little bit and wanted to be uh really take me on a little bit, which i which puts a smile on my face I just kind of uh-huh. that 's kind of fun for me. When you want to do that, because you're not really equipped. No, I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> No, but
1: that, that, that's a good thing is to know that I wasn't equipped okay. to come with that realization of like having this uh, yeah. passion. But in I, your
2: I, mind, you had it all figured out. In my mind, I'm going to nail Russ. I'm going to show him something. Oh, I was
1: so great in my mind. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's a lot of fun. But you gave but We me both a, learned from it.
1: We we did, and yeah. you gave me that platform to be able to to do what I'm doing here now on this uh, podcast. Right. You know, so which I'm,
2: I, I think it's great. I mean, really, I think I'm proud of you, man. Thank you. I, awesome. I,
1: I appreciate that. You know, and I, I spent uh, it's almost like on and off, but five years on, on the other side of the mic and learning, uh, observing you, mm-hmm. seeing how you handle guests um, from the, the guests that I guess comply with the show and, and that, that agree. But then the guests that, hey, why isn't Russ hanging up on this guy yet? Of like, course. You know, this guy's just going off and talking bad about you and they're just this yeah. nonsense, and you just gave him a voice. Well, I like it. I mean, I lean into
2: those. Those are my favorite calls. Your favorite? Absolutely. I mean, to, to call somebody that says, I agree with everything you say, then why are you calling? Just, you know, <laughs> listen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for somebody that has a different viewpoint or someone that uh, may think of something slight differently or have an aggressive I hate you viewpoint, uh, those are the ones I like to have on to drill down as to why and what's driving that in you. And I'm really legitimately interested in that because, again, that's that's a, a moment for everyone listening uh, to help make their decisions on where they go in life and what roads they they take. Uh, but if we just listen to a single voice or a single direction, we're really not going to get a full picture and we may end up being led astray.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've seen or I've heard people call and have a different viewpoint than the, the viewpoint of the masses that listen to the show. Uh-huh. And I, I've, I've seen you even off air when people call or text you and say, oh, that guy was an idiot. And you're like, no, no, no. Just listen to him. Uh-huh. You've got to understand where he came from and well, why he views it this way.
2: Yeah. I mean, people's opinions are based on their, their personal experiences and their personal exposure. Um, I mean, you can be an idiot. I mean, I'm not saying that somebody can't be, mm-hmm. uh, but quite often I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they're speaking from their personal experience and conviction, and they haven't been exposed to the ideas that maybe we're talking about, and and that's okay. And In fact, those are the things we need to talk out and talk through, and it's not that I want to change anybody, but Johnny quite often will give them some information they haven't had that causes them to, ex- to be exposed to ideas that they want to embrace.
1: So you give them that, that chance to be able to embrace it. Sure,
2: but the first thing we can do for them to be listened to, Johnny, is listen. Mm-hmm. That's a skill that most people step around, is the listening skill.
1: And, and Let's get to that here in a, a little bit. Uh, so there's a little bit of your background and, and well, a little bit of your radio. Okay. Okay, and the thing that really struck me was that you weren't always talkative.
2: <laughs> no, I was, a, I was diagnosed as a social hermit by Dr. Helm in 1987 in Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Okay, I was seven uh,
2: years old at that time. <laughs> uh, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> 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 but but uh, corporate NAPA, and I was executive in corporate NAPA, and for me to be promoted to where I was required a psychological uh, analysis and a predictive index of personality. So they sent me there, and I thought I would trick him because I'm a smart guy. Uh, but i couldn 't because he saw right through me that i was a, I was a social hermit i wasn 't comfortable in social situations and i wasn 't comfortable outside my own office. I never went to lunch with a with any of my coworkers or anyone else because i wasn 't comfortable at a restaurant uh because i really I, I guess the real world scared me a little bit mm-hmm. so uh, Dr. Helm you know gave me some accolades on 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 my abilities and said you 'll never Succeed any further than you are right now because you can't interact or give a speech and do a thing. He was right; I couldn't. So you had these abilities, but
1: you didn't have a, like an outlet for these abilities to become. Them. Yeah. I couldn't.
2: I couldn't. I couldn't put them into action as fully as as uh, as my capabilities you know could have gone. So I made. Uh, I was flying back on, and I lived in Tampa, Florida. at The times I was flying back. And made a promise to myself I would never turn down a speaking engagement ever again. So when you said, Russ, will you come in? I, I, I still stand by that, that uh, affirmation that I made in 1987. So, th- th- today? Wow. It's from 1987 to yeah. today. Yeah, when you said, would you come in, I said, I can't turn it down. Yeah, you did it I you, did. right away. You said yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not a question in my mind. I mean, I made that promise to self right then on the airplane. That's huge, man. That's, yeah. that's, I, I had no idea about that so, part of the story. So now I, I MC events. I, I speak at events. Um, I've, I've spoken at the uh, the Hilton in Las Vegas in front of 8,000 people. Wow. Because I'd never turned down another speaking engagement. But I knew then it scared me, and I had to get training. Training. So I scrambled to get the information necessary for me to achieve what I just promised myself I would do.
1: There you go. And those are two huge things, uh, like... Uh, you made an impact in my life in uh, two ways, uh, very practical ways. And One, you told me about meditation. You yeah. told me about this guy, I think, Jose well, see, Silva. When
2: you left, I told these guys meditation was crap, but okay, now you're lost <laughs> <to me.
1: laughs> But you told me about... Jose Silva. Yes. Okay. You taught yourself the Jose Silva method? Wow.
2: Yeah. That really helped me relaxed. It helped me because I had huge anxiety. I physically couldn't stand in front of a crowd. I would break out in sweats... That would cause me to run, and put my shirt in a dryer, but it was uh, miserable for me. But Jose Silva meditation uh, calmed me down, made me take control of my mind a little bit, and to explore avenues I had never in education and in opportunities. So, how would you get uh, familiar with his work? I went to the uh, library back when the library was more than just a studio, mm-hmm. and it was about. Books and periodicals. Yeah, before I had this stuff like this. <laughs> so I went to the library researching high blood pressure because my blood pressure was so high they put me on tranquilizers because of my anxiety and my nervousness of being around people. I was at college at the time, married, and I had more uh, pressure and emotion than I could handle in my life. I wasn't equipped. So I went there, and the first thing I did was find out long-term effects, which was kidney failure, stroke, heart attack, and all that by the time you're 40. So you had this death sentence, in my well, after I read all that stuff, I did. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy man!" I just thought it was a pill. No, it's it's not good. So I uh, I started look, and then. I started looking at things to combat without taking, you know, pills without taking uh, those kind of things, and. Uh, one thing I read, uh, you know, I, I saw was you know the meditation stuff, and, I, and then I went and researched, and I and I ended up on the with the book uh, with Jose Silva. Mind control is the, mind the control name of was the, book. the name of it. Yeah, and I thought it was gonna you know I was gonna be able to tell my wife to do things, but <laughs> you still can't. No, <laughs> that never worked. Never worked. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but it was a it was amazing change in my life. At the time, and, and I was in college at the time, but from the time I started mind control and really meditating, I never received less than an A in college. I graduated college with a 3.9, two, two at national honor societies, Alpha Chi, Delta Mu, Delta, uh, with a double major. And I did my last one year of college in 12 months, two years in 12 months. Uh, but I had that kind of focus and that kind of ability to start achieving those things. And would
1: you accredit it to this Jose Silva yes. mind control? Okay.
2: Yes, I do, and and it took me, I think it took me about six months to get off of, of the medication I was on, then I went on a diuretic, which is a typical high blood pressure medicine, and eventually got off of that. Uh, I was able to take more control over, over self.
1: Okay, so in that self... Uh that you were able to take control over, was that also part of your journey into communicating with people, or was, or was this before that? That was way before that. Okay, that was way before. Way before
2: that. Still didn't, over, did, still didn't have a desire to communicate as heavily as I do now, or to give a speech, or to do any of that. I had no, no desire whatsoever uh, to do that, and I was still fearful of that. Okay,
1: so you were still, there was this uh, little bit of fear that was still there. Yeah, the Jose
2: Silva was more like 1979, 1980. It wasn't until 87. Dr. Helm, you know, because I achieved with with that. I was the operations manager of a Fortune 100 company at a very large distribution center in Tampa, Florida. I was doing fine. Never going to be promoted, though. I could run the facilities, I could do all that. I was comfortable in that zone, in that space. Couldn't walk out the door and take that comfort with me.
1: Wow, so this thing from 1979 or whatever got you to this place in 1987.
2: And then Helm told me, good, but not great, and you're not going anywhere. And, and I said, well, then I'm not done. So then you had to do what you had to do back in 1979. to Okay, what's uh, the next level? Next level, 1987, I came back and immediately joined Dale Carnegie classes for speech. Scared to death. Because on the first day of Dale Carnegie class, they told me, you can't graduate this class if you miss more than three classes. And there was 13 of them totally missed more than three. So I opened up my counter to figure out which ones I'm gonna mess, because there's no way I wanna do 13. So <laughs> 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 uh, that's your first move. That's how I felt about it. Oh, man. And by the time I was done, I, got, I made 13 out of 13. Scared, but I, but I learned a lot. I came back as an assistant, came back as an assistant, came back as an assistant, and eventually started taking classes to become a Dale Carnegie instructor and started instructing classes when I was in Denver, Colorado by then.
1: Mm-hmm. And so let people know a little bit about what Dale Carnegie is. So the book,
2: uh, when, How to Win Winfli- Friends. Well, Win Friends Influence People, but it's more than that. It's about life skills. It's about living in day compartments, overcoming the anxieties, and learning how to formulate life plans, and learning how to listen. It isn't about talking, it's listening to, and doing those listening skills. So it really, it really aligned itself very well with what I needed in life and where I was going. But it opened up more doors than the meditation. Mm-hmm. The meditation got me to Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie got me to doors op- more doors opened and the drop of more anxiety. Mm-hmm. But normally I'm a bundle of nerves.
1: So you, you, you took a look at your life at these different pivotal points yeah. in your life and said, yeah. you know what, I need to move to the next level. Got to, kind of level up a yeah, little
2: bit. I, I wasn't done with uh, exploring and growing. Yeah, I wasn't at the point where some people get in their lives and they sit on the couch and says, man, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yay me. That says, this is it. Well, I'm done. You know, this yeah. is it. And, and uh, now I, I wish everything stays the same as 1975 or 1945 or 1985. And boy, the world's change is terrible. No, I embrace every change. I embrace every day. And I look forward to everything that goes on. And... When I hear people tell me, well, isn't it terrible the way kids are today or the way things are today? And I said, no, it is not. It is not. Mm-hmm. I see nothing but, but great things and hope and uh, you know, great admiration for the things coming based on the talent that I see before me.
1: You know, and you, you, were, you were talking about the Del Carnegie, and finally I, I went around and got the audio book yeah. and, and listened to it, and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. I haven't been listening. Correct. I have not, I've been doing a lot of talking. I think I, I have these things that I can help people with, but the biggest thing is listening. It mm-hmm. really is. That's it, it. doesn't make sense to my mind at times, Well, it really is about, and it's listening.
2: not just an absorption of information, but it's the connection. Del Carnegie tells a story in the book on how there was one lady at a party that he went to a party and they, they wanted to talk to her. They said, Hey, talk to her or whatever. This lady talked for a solid hour, and she was noted for that, though, so she didn't have a lot of people around her. Talked for so, a complete hour. Dale Carnegie said nearly nothing other than, really, oh, tell me more. He didn't say anything during that whole hour. And when somebody came back to him and asked the lady about Del Carnegie, he said, she's the best conversationalist I've ever met. <laughs> 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 That's a great story. <laughs> yeah, and and so it made a connection with her. As much as anything. Not only did he learn about her and himself, but he made that connection uh, with her. And quite often, uh, we don't listen enough, so we never hear people.
1: Yeah, we don't know what they need. We kind of almost presume we know what they need, so we'll give them a prescription, but we we, we don't listen. And when you don't
2: listen, people walk away and they know it. They feel it. They know, he never heard me. Mm -hmm. He doesn't see me. He doesn't acknowledge me. And that's a death sentence if you're trying to make business connections or connections within your own business with employees is to make sure we have those connections in life because nothing but good things come back from them.
1: Nothing but good things, you know, and you've leveled up. So now in your journey, where did this take you learning this Dale Carnegie approach to life?
2: Well, it, it opened up the doors not only in the business, which was my my goal. Was was the business initially because I I didn't want to disappoint. I wanted the next promotion and it's what got me uh, moved to Denver, Colorado, bigger facility, actually the largest facility in, in all of Napa. It was a hundred million dollars in business annually, and I was and they let me run that one. Uh, but then beyond that, it, it's it's friends and family and community, and uh, ended up uh, owning my own business. In the long run.
1: So what it, year was that? When did you, you get your first? 1994. 1994. Right. After this, this
2: journey, you've learned, you've made connections, yeah. yet you're no longer afraid. Moved to a brand new town in Arizona, never been here before. Uh walked in, bought a business, and uh, I, 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 I knew how to run it. I knew what to do. And uh, we went from a small business, uh, and my best years were a little over $8 million in, in annual sales. So uh, I put to play everything I knew how. Mm-hmm. And, and now that's gone.
1: You know, so, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. But but you use these techniques. You, you, you leveled up. You took a look at yourself. Like, yeah. what's going to get me to the next level? Mm-hmm. And you had to be honest with yourself mm-hmm. and faced your fears. Yeah, yes. You know, because people don't. You're one of the few guys I tell that to. But, yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah. I, I, because it's I have incredible. a lot of them. And I think we all do. Yeah. You know, like for me, I'm speaking tonight. I have a speaking engagement tonight because somebody asked me to do it, and then I know that you yeah. taught me, like to take. That was it.
2: my deal. Yeah, that that was my deal to force me to be better.
1: Yeah, and so this is here. It is. It's forcing me to be better. I'm deathly afraid right now. I'm I'm I am nervous about going and speaking. I, at I think this the event. people listening
2: should be afraid.
1: But okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got a point. But, uh, but I'm still going to face it. I'm still going to do it because I need yeah. to, you know, take Absolutely. it to the next level and 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 uh, improve myself and my abilities. Yeah. So here's the thing. Not only did you listen and they were good, but it had practical use. You owned a business. Yeah. There was, you had income coming in because you took the time to do these things. You know, and, and a lot of people, it's like seems like intellectual or head knowledge, but no, it's like you, you put it to earth.
2: Well, and that was my major was business and, and all of that. But the thing that we should be doing professionally is the things that makes us most happy. And I don't care if that's making money or if it's a librarian or if if, if it's a volunteer at a, at a shelter for battered women. It doesn't matter. Whatever fulfills us is what we should be after. And, and that's um, the important thing is when you wake up in the morning and you're making a million dollars a year, you wake up in the morning and making barely enough to eat, Joy and happiness exists in both of those situations. Exactly. There's people that make a million dollars a year that, that that commit suicide. You know, money doesn't bring the happiness. But for me, being in business and, and doing those things, those were the things that were driving me, and I wanted to care for my family. I wanted to be able to do things for my children, do those things. So, yeah, it was a big drive for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I I achieved them. Okay, so
1: let's get to the part where you built it up, yeah, you say you, you no longer have that business anymore. No. That business is gone. The thing that get, that got you up in the morning, the, the drive, yeah, is taken from you. Well, not really, but well, kind of,
2: maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it was it was sold, but um, explain I, that. How'd you lose the business? Well, if, look, if you I, I I wasn't in the best of places. My kids were uh, leaving home wonderfully, by the way, doing great. Um. My my wife and I were not on connected at all, just weren't. And um, I just I didn't have the the drive that I had to to make the money, whatever you know. Because for me, I didn't care if I was homeless. I didn't care. And at some point, um, I overextended the business, probably on things I wouldn't do managerially. I uh, I bought additional stores in uh, California, even though there were red flags telling me that. Uh, even though the company that was supporting me said, please buy them. And mm-hmm. I did. I but
1: intuition, I, the spirit. I lost a million you. and a half
2: dollars right there.
1: But you did have the red flags.
2: Yeah. And I did. I ignored them. I wanted to get to California maybe. Maybe I wanted to get away. Mm. Um, it was good to have a, and I owned my own airplane. I was traveling back and forth. I had an apartment in California as well as a house in Yuma. And I lost a million and a half dollars. I had to close them down, move it all back. But it was okay. I mean, I figured it out, turned it around, made store of the year again even after all that, but Napa corporate got nervous with me and asked me if I would sell. And I said, sure, if you want me to, cause are the ones that co-signed my business. I can't stay there if they don't want me there. And they didn't want me because they saw that now I was not going to grow so fast. I was going to lick my wounds for a while. So I did. And they, they paid somebody to buy me, you know, gave them some great deals and all mm-hmm. those kind of things. And then, and then told me I owed them a whole bunch of money, which I didn't. and, and, I went through a Chapter 11 just to get them to tell the truth, and they they settled, and, and you know I didn't have to declare a Chapter 7, didn't lose everything, but but they uh, settled as long as it's sealed, and I can't tell the outcome, which I didn't care about it. I didn't sue them. I didn't do anything. I said, I'm going to do politics. So I ran. The first time I ran, I became county supervisor and loved it. So so in, in, in here, I, I heard a rumor yeah. that when you uh, –
1: lost the business, or when you sold it, whatever yeah. way, it, it, that you owned the building and you kind of kept an office there for a little while. A year. A year. So you're no longer affiliated with Napa but you have an office there. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> <you>? <laughs> oh, and that, that people that, that you're no longer over would still come to you like, hey
2: boss, what's going on? Well, they did, kind of. But I had a contract with the young, but people that bought it. But when I fought Napa and told them that you know, I'm I'm not going to do this. You know, i I'll, I'll I'll do Chapter 11 to get you to go to federal court and tell the truth. They he came in and fired me, but I never left.
1: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> you, you got the pink slip. <laughs>
2: I never left, and you, and you woke up the
1: next morning. Well, and he
2: continued to pay me. Oh, really, I didn't yeah, know that part. after I was fired, he paid me. Oh yeah, so that's the part I didn't know. I knew. Well, you had an because there. because look, I I mean I understood it, and I think he finally got to a lawyer and understood that. Um, I had a contract, and he can't break it because he was upset with that and uh, the, corp- the other company and whatever. So I pretty much had an office, and he didn't want me to do anything, so I just didn't do anything. I just collected the paycheck.
1: <laughs> but p- did people call you boss? Yeah. Or did- people still did? Well, yeah,
2: but, I mean, they didn't receive their, their stuff from me, but I'm friends with everybody there still to this day. Mm-hmm.
1: And you've m- made some... Uh- Tremendous influences on people. I see people like Daniel Plaza who yeah. learned a lot from you and that sure. he's able to be successful in what he's doing and he gives you a lot of credit for why he is and who he is. Well, There's quite a few of them. Um,
2: I, I worked with people when I was with Napa and a lot of people would come to me to say, well, you know, I want to own my own stores. I'd like you to show me and I'd hire them work for me for a couple years and go out and own their own business and I would help them develop business skills and show them some things in the industry. <laughs> in order to grow, and then they would go. And we both benefit. I get a great employee for a year that's wanting to learn and dive in and do everything, and they get the skills to move on.
1: And you weren't afraid of that, because most people are intimidated by that. They're like, oh, no, I want you
2: to be my employee for X amount of years. I'm not afraid of anything. Take everything away from me and give me my pickup truck. I'm okay. Uh, And I've proven that this last year. I purposely haven't worked. I've spent a year and a half giving anything away that anybody wants. That... Mm -hmm. um, I've worked with businesses, I've worked with people, I've worked with whatever, I've given classes, I've given lectures, whatever whatever they want, for a whole year, year and a half. And I'm going to be in business now starting in September. I'm, you, I'm you going got, to start another business finally.
1: You've you got a game plan. I, so, think,
2: I, I think I'm done with the whole uh, hobo thing. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so Okay, so so let's back up a little bit. So yeah. In the midst of that, you also gave me a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Correct. How much of a role did that book play in, in this to be able to lose everything I think that's, it sounds a little bit Eckhart Tolle-ish for me to be able
2: to be okay with it well, and, and I think it was Eckhart Tolle as well as the Tao Te Ching which you gave to me mm-hmm. um, that I spent a lot of time sanding the floor of an old motorhome listening to the Tao Te Ching uh, Natsu um, about re- you know, releasing the things that you think that are important in your life and that the treasures you think you own own you. Yes. And uh, as well as far as Eckhart Tolle living in, this, in the now is what most people don't experience because we're so consumed with threads of memories and future things that will happen to make us better that we don't enjoy the best of things. And the only thing we have on the planet is the moment that we're living. This moment right here, right and now. That's all we have. Yes. And then that- And as soon as we can learn that and live within that moment. The future takes care of itself. Naturally, it has to. Well, that's because you can only plan the future in now. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You're not going to plan it tomorrow. No. You need to plan the future right now. So the Eckhart Tolle thing, I probably listened to that book ten times. Wow. On audio. You know, the first time you gave it to me, I wasn't
1: in a place to receive it. I tried to read it, and it was really tough. You know. know. And then uh, I ended up getting... But you
2: can't... It doesn't matter, because then you have the knowledge that it's there. You have the knowledge yeah and, it, and it's going to haunt you it did because you needed it i needed it at one point
1: in my life it it saved my life cuz i ended up losing a business yeah. losing everything homeless had a skateboard and that was it and uh, that book you were on a destructive path i was on a very destructive path oh. the things that i owned owned me yeah you know and i was able to turn and I was like you know what i'm going to check this out and then oh it was like manna to my soul it was exactly what i needed to get through the hard times and i'm like I no longer need to worry about the future or the, what I did in the past. If I Doesn't, make today
2: yeah. a better day... Which, which is the only thing we have. And we do not fear the future because everything we have right now is perfect. And as wrong. soon as we understand that, then we don't have to have escapism through drugs, alcohol, or, or some other event that's going to make us happy because there's nothing that can be added to the, the moment right now that's going to exceed the happiness we currently possess. And, and that, that was something you really had to face because we, we got
1: onto, you ran for office, you won. Sure. Uh-huh. I think uh, actually the business I had at the time, your uh, opponent hired us to do a little bit of uh, work for him. Yeah, I know. Yeah, which was kind of, yeah. I, it, it's fine.
2: Yeah. It's just business. It's just business.
1: <laughs> so we actually helped your opponent just a little bit, not much. I know. But it was, it was what it, and you were still cool with us, which was like, okay, this guy kind of lives what he preaches.
2: I, well, I don't
1: have enemies, you know. So, so you got it. You won. Yeah. Four years, right? I yeah. think it was a term. And then I lost. Then you lost the yeah. next one. And well, I was concerned. <clears throat> I, I was like, "Oh no, he's jump this, off a bridge." This or is something? the one that's going to do it. <laughs> this is the one that he's he's going to put a gun. Well, to his it head. wasn't
2: happy times. It wasn't my favorite, but it was deserved. Let me tell you, the um, I am not a guy that's controlled by anybody, and a lot of the good old boys in in Yuma. On the Republican side, not a lot of them. Just a handful, a few of them resented that. I guess not. Not that I ever did anything against them. I don't. I don't hate them either. Um, they put big money in, in into beating me, and then told lies about me, like I was having affairs, which I've never done in my life. You know, I lost my house on the steps of the court step, or the uh, steps of the courthouse, which has never happened. You know, all those things, and then uh, you know, I was in the paper on the front page about you know he didn't turn a form in on time or something. You know, just anything they could do. It was all a lot of dirty tricks. You know, depansing me and stuff, and, and I could have still won, but I was—I told you I was, not—I did not have a great marriage. It had fallen apart. It crumbled. I wasn't paying attention, and it caught me. and And then I hired some people to do things that never got done, and I didn't catch it because my head wasn't in it. You know, I maybe I took it about too much for granted, whatever. So it was—it was—it was something I deserved to lose. You don't hear that much when people say I deserve to lose. Well, I didn't pay enough attention. I didn't. And it's unfortunate because my community suffers because the guy that won it, Darren Simmons, is an idiot. And I don't say that much, but for mm-hmm. him it applies. But He was he, just a figurehead that they put in a place to... Well, yeah, they called him and said, would you please do it? He had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. None. And he told me that. Uh, when I called him, I said, what are you doing? He says, "Ross, they came to me. I, uh, they said they need me, and, I, and I'm going to do it. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I promise I won't do anything negative. Well, all he did was negative. Knocked on doors, said that I raised the rates for Far West. I was having affairs with different women, all kinds of stuff. Uh, none of it true. Uh, and I let it happen. So maybe, you know, there was something in my wife, life that was unbalanced. Mm-hmm. And um, my marriage was falling apart, and I refused to see it. I really, um, and I guess I wasn't in a good place. Mm-hmm. So it happened. Not that I wanted it to, but uh, I didn't want to win it bad enough, maybe. So the, hou- the house got sold, everything gone, the wife left. Yeah, you're, so you lost an election, your yeah. wife leaves. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And, and worse than that, she made me keep the cat. Oh that cat. Yeah, I mean, I was horrible. I, I can't believe that happened. Oh man. That was the test. Yeah, that that, that cat is not nice. Did you it? do cat yoga? No. Nah. You don't no. want to do cat yoga with this cat, cat does cat angry. Oh, <laughs> no. No.
1: One of the, one of the first time I went to his house, Victoria, he, he, uh, he's like, "Oh, pet the cat." Yeah, I do. Like, I do what? that too. Once he said that, it's like, whoa, this seems like there's an agenda here. <laughs> like if I pet this cat, something's going to happen. <laughs> what yeah. happen. Yeah. Oh, it happens. Like the cat's an
2: angry cat. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like it acts nice at first to suck you in. Yeah. And and then when they look and then they, and someone will look, be petting the cat and they'll look at me and say, that cat's not bad. And then it's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh,
1: no. You turn away. You, you're like, you kind of. Oh, yeah, this why No. <laughs> you yeah. left her.
2: Yeah, she she can she can hit you with her paw like five times a second. Oh, my pa, 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 pa. you know, and she loves it. Oh, and know, it makes can... her happy. So I do it to make the cat happy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come back to my cat. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I think you said on air something about your your wife left you the cat yeah. so you can continue to have somebody there that despises
2: you. Well, that, that, well, that's just it. My life didn't really change. I still come home every evening. and There's somebody home that hates me. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> yeah, you know, so everything works out. <laughs> oh man, that's. That's
1: good. Um, so, so okay. So you you sell the house. You had a beautiful house. Yeah. Probably, I think oh, I, I went there for like a little bit before Christmas, and you had the biggest Christmas tree I've ever seen. Yeah, fourteen
2: foot tall. Yeah,
1: a huge house. Yeah. You had all the all the all of, all of uh, I guess what money could buy at least for your situation. It right? was nice. It was
2: over five thousand square foot and walk in vaults and seventeen hundred square foot garage. I mean, it was very nice and set on the hill, so it was good.
1: So then you go to, but it's just
2: a, it's just a possession. It doesn't just, mean anything. Okay, so you lose all of
1: that, or and it's all gone. It's all gone now.
2: And what didn't lose, I gave a lot away. Uh, whatever it was, I mean, it's just gone. All the furniture for that, everything's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I basically, uh, you know, moved in with a friend, but I lived mostly in a motorhome that is old and needed a lot of work. And I said, I'm going to re- rehab it. And I am. I'm rehabbing
1: it. It, it, Back to that motorhome. So in in the time where I was, uh, I was doing horrible. I wasn't doing good in my life. Your radio show, like, so I lost my job. I ended up losing a bunch, but I still put my boots on every day, put my pants on, got my shirt on, and I walked to the radio station. Right. It gave me like the safe haven. I'd go there five in the morning. Yeah. And then you'd be doing your notes. I'd watch how you put everything together. And I, and I said, you know what? I'm going to be here. I didn't have to wake up in the morning, but I'm going to watch and I'm going to learn from this man. Because even though maybe the world might not look like um, or look at him as like, oh, he has all this. But he, I still think that you had it going on because I, I saw it didn't change you. It does not. It didn't change anything. It doesn't matter.
2: And people say that, but then people don't really live it. That's what I'm trying to say. But That's it's true. And, and, and I knew, I mean, the pickup truck, if I lost the pickup truck and my pair of blue jeans, I would have been in really bad shape. Mm-hmm. But as long as I had those, I have my ability. I can create anything I want to create, Johnny. It doesn't matter. And we still wake up happy in the morning. It doesn't matter. But it, what you have to choose to wake up happy in
1: the morning. That's like...
2: Yeah, uh, I've chosen. You've chosen to yeah. do that. You know, I'm not angry with anybody or anything, including the people that put me out of office. Doesn't matter. Um, I have no enemies. You know,
1: so you got this trailer now, or the mobile home. What what is it? It's a luxury coach. Luxury coach. (laughs) And I I remember you're like, uh, in the midst of my turmoil, you you said, uh, "Hey, there's something at Fisher's Landing. I'm going to go do. Do you want to join along and help out?" And, and, and uh, we spent a weekend out there and helped out with this fishing event and like a, a, maybe a
2: cook-off or something? Yeah, uh, rib Rip. a rib cook-off. I emceed a rib cook-off. Yeah, something. you emceed yeah. this
1: rib cook-off. And, right. uh,
2: spent a couple of days in the luxury coach.
1: Yeah, and then we, you, I crashed on your couch, and you took me around and visited the different people that were out there. And I saw how quick you were able to make friends with these people. I was in a
2: teaching moment. I wanted to show you something.
1: You know, people would invite you into their their coach. Or that whatever. I never met. Never met. They're like, just come in, sit down, and you
2: acted like old friends. Right. They'd hug me, give me a beer, and you were sitting on the couch with your jaw open. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> like, how, how is he doing this? Right. But I, it's, I noticed. It's, it's observation. It's listening. It's listening. I remember the first one we went to was a guy, the dog was barking, screaming, the guy, the wife was yelling something outside, the guy was putting a fire together, and you would have walked away. I would have walked, I, I wanted said, no, to these walk are my, away. I said, these are my best friends right now, let me show you. And, and within 10 minutes, we're inside drinking a beer laughing. Yeah. And the dog's sitting on your lap, and you're sitting there with your jaw open. Yeah, it, it was a trip, man. <laughs> it was
1: a trip. It, like I said, I was going through very dark moments in my life, right. and, and, and I was just like, oh, wow, there's something yeah, but more.
2: It, it's listening. I heard everything that man said, and, I, and I, I repeated a lot of it to him, and I understood him. And then he calls his wife out, and then we go inside, and the dog is happy, mm-hmm. sitting on your lap, mm-hmm. shedding. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we had a beer. And, it, and I, 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 I saw the look on your face, which is what I was trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. The, the doors can open for you anywhere and everywhere if we're looking, we're paying attention, we're focused. And it doesn't matter. But we can recreate that anytime, Johnny. Anytime. Anywhere.
1: As soon as you step out of your, your, your box, your sphere, and you just go into there, right. you can create it.
2: Right. And that's, that's uh, salesmanship, connections. It's, it's whatever in personal life, professional life, and everything else that uh, brings happiness and joy, not only to the people you're with, but to yourself. And, and it's always positive. And it also opens doors for sales. It opens doors for connections and truthfulness. And like I said, I'm starting another business in September and, and I I think I'm more skillful in that now than I've ever been because I've, I've, I've given up the Napa, the house, my, my marriage of 37 years, which is unfortunate. It's not what I wanted, uh, but it's what happened. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, you know, so I spent a year and a half of downtime of not working except the radio. I did the radio only everything else. I work for people and they tried to pay me. I said, I can't receive it. I'm just working.
1: And I've seen you do a lot of that work for people for free. Yeah,
2: which I is... have. I, I'm doing one right now for a moving company. I've gone in and helped them with governmental ba- uh, billing they couldn't figure out and do it all. And I've I put in a tremendous amount of hours. I won't I won't be I won't take money.
1: Yeah, I've seen you write letters. I'll take for a people. handshake.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and that's been it. And I've done that for a year and a half of downtime just to give back. And uh, and in September I'll open up a new business, but it'll be a business of on honesty, integrity, and truthfulness, and helping people. And it's gonna be automotive in nature and repair facilities and things that I don't think is being done in the community. And I don't know how to turn a wrench. It doesn't matter. I will I will I will gather those that can.
1: You, you know. So so here you are in a trailer or a
2: luxury coach. Luxury coach. Luxury coach. <laughs> that's way we like to call yeah. it. <laughs> yeah,
1: which is it's nice. <laughs> it
2: makes the cat happy. That's yeah. that's imperative. <laughs> <laughs> we're out there you
1: still emcee this event even though you're going through a hard time yeah you're going through some no, of the same things well, i'm going through potentially
2: a hard time but not I mean, i'm still happy johnny it's not that hard oh so we make it hard yeah yeah because we focus on the negatives we don't when my wife left me and she says i'm going to drive to florida and be with my sister i said well take take what you want and she said, I'm going to take cars car. I said, well, let me get tires on it because I don't like those tires for that trip. And I got it all fixed up. And then what she didn't take, a lot of it I gave it away. Mm-hmm.
1: And so now you're living it, and now you're ready to yeah. rebuild.
2: Yeah, from scratch.
1: From, from scratch. You still have the radio show, like you said. Yeah. Which you. And I you- still have
2: the head on my shoulders. I still have the experience of life in me. And I still can help and motivate others and build a, build a business that is going to be good for the community, good for the people that work in with me, and good for our customers.
1: And you could uh, raise up those future entrepreneurs again.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm going to be helping a lot of people. And you're going to keep
1: the same theme of, okay, come in. If you want to work here a year, learn from me, and then go out and do your thing. Without question. You know, like, like I said, I know what kind of a place that you have to come from to be able to do that. That's not a place of insecurity. No. You don't operate from a place of insecurity.
2: But, but I don't have anything to lose, Johnny. I have everything I need, and it's in me. And, and if we go through life understanding that, we'll be better at everything we do.
1: So, so here's the things, right? So I, I give everybody a little bit of a, not really prep, but I told them. So you host, you host a conservative talk show. Conservative, uh, like, I, I guess it would... Go Trump. Yeah, All go right. Trump. There we go. You know, and then so, so it's like, yeah. But then I've seen this yeah. guy. It doesn't seem like a typical go Trump type of guy. You're a vegetarian, correct? Are you still doing that? Vegan. V- okay, vegan. Right? Hardcore. Meditate. Yeah. You, you you have this whole spiritual side of you. Yeah. That doesn't. Don't, don't go telling everybody. Yeah, that's don't. what I'm saying. <laughs> It's like you're not like the people that are the the meat eaters that are calling up and then, you know, damn them Mexicans or whatever. You know, (laughs) it's like like this anomaly. It's like, no, but I I know Russ off of the air, like this thing that doesn't make it past the two hours of listening time that's able, that kept you able to be able to do the show and press through these hard times. and and
2: And you think that doesn't fit?
1: Well, not that it. Okay, yeah, it doesn't fit. It doesn't okay. seem like it fits. Or the fact that, like you said, don't go telling everybody because, you know, you'd have to answer some questions. Like, what are you which, doing being a vegan? Which I, which I really don't mind, and, and and you
2: know, I say it on air. Yeah, you but, said it on air, yeah. but well, many times. I mean, it's it's well known. But but look, it does fit for this reason. I believe in in all of us taking care of ourselves. We can. I say, give me my pickup truck, blue jeans. I'm okay. I don't need the government to take care of me. I don't need a church to take care of me. I'll help. I mean, I go to church every Sunday, but I don't need them to take care of me. I'm self-sufficient because I think all of us can achieve that. That doesn't mean that other people don't need help because I'll help them too. But I believe in small government. I don't want all the government to control me and tell me what to do and all that. So hence, I'm a, I'm a small government guy. Mm-hmm. I don't want government control, and I don't want people in, in enslaved because they have government uh, necessities. Like I can only make it if I get government handouts. That's enslavement. So, yeah, I'm a conservative. I'm proud of it because I think it's completely in line with the way I feel of freedoms. And when we start getting into a government of enslavement, of, of socialism, of government handouts, then we lose something. And we there's, lose something there's about ourselves.
1: There's, 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 there's a
2: trade-off. big off. And when government controls us, so no, I, I carry my gun and I, I, I believe in conservatism and self-reliance. And, and taking care of ourselves, and um, so yeah, the, the ideals of conservatism and the ideals of small government and less governmental controls is completely in line with somebody that uh, lives a life of that, where they want to be self-reliant and help others, and and helping others is a wonderful thing. But the second our government starts helping others, it's not charity. And then we lose control of it. So when our government starts handing out money, keep in mind they're holding a gun to someone's head to take it from them to hand it out. That's not charity.
1: Yeah, the, the, and they do
2: that in the form of taxation. Pay me or go, you know, go to jail. Pay me so I can give it to someone else. It's not charity.
1: And I Don't 100% confuse that.
2: agree with you. You know, Charity is when we reach out and help somebody.
1: Yeah, because that, like you said, with a gun, that kind of reminds me of Cuba, you know. Right. They, 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 that's not charity. That's not charity, you know. And and I, you, you, people wear the shirts of but, Che Guevara, and they think right. like he's this
2: idealist. But and, I'm a big believer of right and wrong, judicial system, and blind justice, and the founding fathers that gave that to us, and it's being misused right now. I mean, we we have uh, selective outrage, selective judicial systems. We have uh, cl- a power class now in our society which shouldn't exist. That is exempt from some legal issues exempt and why it's not looked at and some people say well the ends justify the means Well, that is that is not right in, in any society And that is a political uh, when we have a political force that's leading us. We need to be afraid Because we should be in control of that political force We voted them in we put them in there not to start creating a bureaucracy that controls us all and that thing needs to be broke up And that needs to go away so yeah when I see in this last election where the, the, the two people running for, for office were not treated the same at all, then we got huge problems. It should be obvious to everyone, but we're so wrapped up in our political wins and our political agenda, we're losing our soul. So let's do what's right and treat everyone the same, regardless of their affiliation or what their goals were. And that's the only way we can look ourselves in the mirror and say we did the right thing. So that's where the
1: two viewpoints align and come together. Absolutely
2: align. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, if you're a vegan but you believe in, uh, you know, the, the government becoming socialist and controlling us all and supporting a, 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 a politician because they're going to do the right thing so it doesn't really matter if they cheat, lie, and steal, will we'll, we'll crap, mm-hmm. you're wrong. That's where you, you draw the line. Absolutely. And I'm a vegan, but I still go hunting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you're not like a, a the
2: PETA a vegan. Which... No, I've interviewed the PETA people, Yeah. you know, from Washington, D.C., um, that want to control our, our our laws in the state of Arizona. So you know, of course. So that's kind of where you draw the line
1: there. You absolutely, because so, you. you so you're, I guess but you're it's not drawing, that
2: they don't want to eat meat; they don't want anyone to. It's not that they don't want to wear leather shoes; they don't want anyone so to. That's where they want to the control line. everybody. And say, you're wrong. So to you, look, if it's a good thing, people will follow. Yes, you don't need to force it through legislation and spending a lot of money collecting money under false pretenses, like putting a picture of a, of a, a sad dog on the fix, on the on the screen. Give money to PETA, then take that money to hire high power lawyers to change the laws of the state of Arizona so that the farmers can't do what they need to do to raise livestock. Well, that's not what you advertise. You advertise the sad dog. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You're putting your money into lawyers to change legislation state by state by state to control us because you don't think anybody should eat meat. Nobody should wear a belt. Nobody should wear leather shoes. Well, that's the control that I'm avoiding every day. I, I don't eat meat because I don't want to. Not because you said I can't. Wow.
0: That's awesome.
1: You, you, and I'm glad you're able to express that here on, on this platform, you know, and so people can can listen and find out. Okay, so what's behind the two hours? You know, yeah. because I know you don't get a lot of time in those two hours to be able to say what's behind there. But I've learned who the man Russ Clark is behind those two hours. I was fortunate enough to for you to kind of take me under your wing and kind of show me why it is that you do what you do. It's your fault, man. You chose to put up with it. So hang on. <laughs> and I'm so put up grateful. the tray table. You know, it, <laughs> it, it's crazy because, you know, I didn't vote for Trump. You know, I, I was like, who is this lunatic? Like, what are we doing? And I then, did. You know, and I was
2: Ted Cruz's. Um, Campaign manager for for the county of of Yuma, mm-hmm. but at the end I still voted for Trump.
1: You know, and so so here I am watching how you 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 know Trump and how you're dealing with this, and so I'm like maybe I'm missing something here. I had yeah. to really take a look at myself and the 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 yeah. part of me that's for the entitlements, that's for the the handouts. the had to like, okay, wait a minute, maybe that's the part that I don't like.
2: People tell lies about Trump every day. It's the way we've become in politics right now. The victory, all the politics. Uh, he hates Mexicans. Really, show me something. Uh, hates immigrants. He's got the first immigrant wife, wife in the history of the, uh, of the country that's a president. There's been no first lady that's ever been uh, a naturalized citizen. She's the first. So, yeah, does he hate immigrants? I don't think so. You know, he, he, he's raised his kids well. Look how productive, how well they're doing in life. Look at all his businesses. Look how many women he's empowered in his businesses personally as well as within the government. And They say he hates women. Really? Yeah.
1: So, like yeah. I said, I had to take those hard looks, and then yeah,
2: take a look at it for what it is. Don't don't listen to what someone says it is. Look at look at it. We've got Google. We've got we've got the ability to search everything, and we're not taking the time. We take someone's word for it. Ask the man.
1: You know, and so and so, I'll, t- I'll do this. I'll, I'll bring it down a notch to where okay, from Trump to you. I've seen your kids do really well. Yeah, You know, I, I've, I've, I've seen that I've, I've seen behind the scenes and I, I know what your daughter's up to. I've heard about the stories of your son in the, uh, the air force.
2: Most of them are true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and how well he's done. And so yeah. it's like, okay, I, I'm tired of rhetoric. I, I need to see something. I need, Correct. I need to see it. Open it, your it, eyes. Yeah,
2: absolutely. What's going on, you know, and, and people that, that support and love the Hillary's uh, Hillary and Bill and all that stuff. Look at what they've really done. It's scary. You know, they make up stories about Trump that aren't true, but the, the reality of the Clintons is is absolutely frightening.
1: I mean, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll give some room there. There is, you know, I don't want to go too political, but no, you know, I you don't I, need to
2: just research it.
1: Because my, my thing is, it's like, okay, as much as I love. Trump is gonna be as much as I love Obama because it, to me they're all one. We're all one human beings, one human race. It's to me it's like yeah. I'm not gonna I can't knock either.
2: I can I know you can because you but, have a but show. But not that has on them as persons and not personally. But just on on what their policies policy. and that's it. It's policy. not personal. And when, when people used to call me when Obama was president and they say he's not my president, I say, Yes, he is. Yeah, you know, because I don't want to go there with that. You know, I don't want any personal attacks or none of that. It's it's about the policies. You know, and what he did to open up the borders to get 60,000 kids to, to scream out across our borders because he basically announced to the world, we're not going to do anything for, you know, we'll let them in. Well, All of a sudden we got, you know, 10-year-olds right on top of trains across rugged country, threatening, you know, risking their lives to get to the border. Yeah, and I have seen some of that, and I've seen the kids lose their legs and lose oh, their Oh, it's terrible. There's 500 arms. deaths a year on the border, people yeah. crossing. And Obama let the, net, let the world know the borders were open. Yeah, Trump's I, letting the world know they're not. And, and the world is, is trashing him over it because we're protecting our country. Look, we have a legal immigration system, and, and it's wonderful. I think it's great. But, but when, we, when we have rules and regulations and laws, and if they're not followed, there should be a price to pay. And if they're wrong, we should be fixing them. It's not like, well, we're not going to support these laws, but we'll support these laws. That's not what we're about as a country, but that's what we've become, selectively. Selective prosecution. Like, we can't change the laws, so Obama dictated we're not going to enforce them. And Trump says, no, if it's the law, we'll, we'll put it back. And then, well, when it was child separations, which happened since 1997 from the Supreme Court Flores uh, support, uh, you know, uh, uh, agreement, whatever they had, uh, which, which was the ruling that's still enforced today. I mean, everybody's done it, but all of a sudden it's Trump that started it, which is never true. Mm-hmm. Uh, fake news. <laughs> um, Trump has said, look, I'll, I'll do a, uh, you know, politically, uh, I, I mean, uh, the power of the president to say, we're going to undo it right now, but I'm going to kick it back to the legislature to do it right. Let, let you guys get together and make a law, which is the way our country works. It's not We're not a dictatorship, and Obama turned that with executive order on its
1: head. Yeah, and I've, I've seen a lot of that.
2: So because he just started doing executive orders, because executive he, couldn't get, orders, he couldn't get it done through the legislature. It's a wrong way the country... To and, get and definitely done, Trump has taken the harder way to do it. I would, well, I would, I would admit that. He's undone so. a lot of executive orders to free up a lot of the regulations that Obama just dictated and said put it to the legislature. The dream, the kids, the uh, dreamers. The Dream Act, yeah. You know, whatever that, that, that Obama just put into executive order, which uh, executive order could be undone. He says, okay, I'm going to undo it in six months. you got six months in the legislature to do what you think is right. Which is good. And so, uh, so the so right back, thing to do. Let's
1: get back to the principle of it. So then you see a guy... That takes charge of his life and the things around him, and that appeals to you because you've done the same.
2: I like it in that he's not dictating to people what they should or shouldn't do. He's kicking it back to the legislature, which is our duly elected which is the body process. that should be taking care of it. Okay. So, so he's not becoming emperor.
1: hmm So, okay, so then there is a little bit of a background of why you'll be Trump, Trump, Trump on the
2: radio show if people choose to listen. Right. And and, and believe me, we all make mistakes, including him at times. There's things I don't agree with. But the direction he's headed for the economy, the direction he's headed uh, handling money and giving opportunity, and our country's about opportunity. It's not about guaranteed results. It's about opportunity. When he's supporting those guarantees, he's got my support. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So, okay, that's uh, it's pretty deep for a little, you know, a <laughs> little, little bit. Got deep in this room. But, uh, okay, so now, where are you at in life? You're going to start this new business. Yeah. You've got, you got some plans. You've got some goals. Do you, you, yeah. you want to get a home again?
2: I, I'm not ag- anxious, but uh, look, I, I don't know if you know this, Johnny, but um, I have a young lady that uh, we want to be married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I met her.
1: She works at the radio station. She used to. Oh, she used to. She doesn't work yeah. anymore. Okay.
2: No. And uh, i i look i didn 't know if I'd be alone the rest of my life because I 'm tough to live with, dude i 'm not easy, and maybe maybe that's the way I go, but I actually prayed that someday that I would meet somebody that we could fulfill each other, and uh, that's one day when Nellie just kissed me and it just I realized and it 's not who I was looking for I mean she 's like the opposite. Uh, what I was looking for I mean it, but it was what was thrown right at me and and it's a beautiful thing but she's of mexican descent she's she is uh she's not a she's not a citizen of the united states um there's so many th- i mean she's got like really cropped short hair nothing i would ever envision or picture in my life or me
1: i wouldn't envision or picture and, this for your life <laughs> and
2: it was exactly what i needed and i don't know why and she needed me just as desperately and, uh, and I'm exactly the opposite. I mean, she's almost afraid, I think, to show me to her family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all, so we don't know where life is going to go, but we have our eyes open okay. and paying attention. And when we pray and ask for something, keep your eyes open for what it's going to be. And I didn't know. I did not know. In fact, the, the, the day after I met her, for more than just a radio, you know, in the, to passing in the hallways. I called my pastor and said, we need to talk. And within two days he was in, we spent three hours together because I'm totally confused, pastor. <laughs> this is not what I had in mind. So in 10
1: years, if we were able to have this conversation, where would you like to be in 10
2: years? In 10 years, I want to be back to financial security, which I'm not insecure emotionally, but financially, um, the things I built are depleted, so I'd like to be back so that uh, the people around me are secure and that uh, we can enjoy some of the things in life and not not have that to hamper us from traveling to whatever we want to do or, or being able to do the things. But I don't want a big house again. I don't want assets that control me again. I want simplification, very easy uh, to manage and very easy to live, mm-hmm. and the freedom to... You know, jump in the luxury coach, turn the key, and wind up wherever I want to go. But yet, build a business and train people and work with people, and I think and that's fulfilling for me. Are you still doing the radio show in ten years? Yeah, still doing it, huh? I still think so. And look, it's never it's never anything to uh, make money for me because I never would. I was never going to go to a big market. I was never going to look for things. You know, face it, we're in Yuma, and and it's not going to pay enough to to make you rich and famous by any means. Uh, But it's always uh, an outlet for me that I enjoy, an outlet that I like to give back to the community to put a voice out there that will accept all other voices and pass out information that may not be covered in other venues.
1: That's awesome. You know, I've seen it. I've seen the life. So I I could be one that attests to you putting uh, the effort in and actually practicing what you preach. So I'll say that right now on air. It's going out. I've seen you practice what you preach, which is very rare. It's hard to find somebody, and that's why I stuck around. That's why I'd get up 4 in the morning and get dressed and be there at 5 in the morning to see, like, okay, what's different about this guy? Why, 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 why? I need to figure this out because I didn't have those role models. Have you figured have it out yet? I'm still learning, <laughs> which is cool. Because help me.
2: Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying.
1: You know, but I think it's part of the being in the now. and You take it one yeah. day at a time, one step. And then It is.
2: Johnny, I'm happy right now being in this room with you, and that's all that matters to me. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to do after it or what happened yesterday or did I, did I make that payment? Is everything, is everything right? That usually clutters our lives. I'm living right now and it's and there's nothing lacking
1: you know i I remember uh, one of the things that was pretty cool we were, I think we we're going on a trip to get your son's vehicle and uh from from Tucson okay uh, Shelby right yeah and uh you went to your backpack and you just put pulled, pulled out like wads and wads of cash. Yeah. <laughs> it was like hundreds and stuff, and you're like, oh, I just stick it there, you know I just have money, and so it's like. What am I doing wrong where I don't have that money, you know? What, what, what?
2: It doesn't mean anything.
1: But, but, and then so you can, I'm, I'm watching, and then now if you go into my backpack, I have money in there. You do? Uh, yeah, surprising. <laughs> like, but so that was like something for me to aim for. Uh, it really was. It was like, this guy has excess cash, but well, I'm losing paycheck to paycheck, and I'm always losing. Well, most people spend everything they have plus a dollar. And then we went to, We went on the trip, and then we were buying something at the thing. And, and you're like, why are you buying that? Yeah. You, you need to buy I that. I was all
2: over you because I was like, man, I, I know you, you, you're, you're not, you don't have a job. You're worried about money. And you walk into a Circle K and get like beef jerky. <laughs> And a $2 Coke yeah. and, and, and then some mineral water. And, and you come back in. I'm like, who, who are you? Exactly. What are you doing? I, I go out to the spigot outside and they get the hose and drink a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and,
2: and I'm like, that trip, though. That trip was like an,
1: an eye opening trip for me, I yeah. gotta tell you. And even the next morning, when, when the next morning, where it's like, no, we came here for a purpose. We need to be about this purpose.
2: Oh, I was mad at you. Yeah. I don't get mad. I, I wasn't mad. I was concerned. And uh, your head was in the clouds.
1: My head was in the clouds. And you thought, I, I
2: flipped you the keys to something. and said, drive home. I need you no longer.
1: Yeah. You're like, if, if, we're, <laughs> if we're not doing this, and I needed that. And that's kind of like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Where, where where am I at? Where's my head at? I came here for him, and then after that, moving all the stuff and then getting yeah. everything, I'm like, we at a 25 foot of
2: trailer, a 25 foot box U-Haul in like two three hours.
1: Yeah, you, you and were I, the, I told
2: you we could get it done. You
1: you were the move master playing Tetris with all these boxes and yeah. tri- and it's like, I, 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 but I did it with the sense of purpose after that talk. So I appreciate you doing that, kind of going out where people don't normally go, or people think like, well, I can't say this to him. You're like, no, I brought him here. If he's not going to do what I asked as a friend, here's the keys.
2: i said, get out. I'll go find a man that
1: can do the job. Yeah. And I needed that. <laughs> I, I, and I, seriously. And I needed that. And then ever yeah. since that day, I viewed life different. Well, good. I really did. And it did something in me. So I, And now I could say I have the cash in my backpack just the same way. <laughs> so you're not
2: buying the beef jerky, the no, mineral water, and no, the soda when you...
1: No, I'm not. Okay. You know, and, and and so it's little moments like that that help influence me, and that's what I want to do for people, and that's why I'm speaking at this event tonight, and I didn't turn it down despite my anxieties, despite my things. Well, that that's I have how you—that's
2: how you overcome them and realize that they're just internal, and there's no need for them to exist. But they're going to—I mean, it's human nature—you're going to. But you'll find them dissipate so much faster um, because you help. You're developing that confidence, and little mm-hmm. by little, that confidence will. We'll get them to be almost non-existent.
1: You know, it's uh, Joe Campbell talks about the hero's journey and finding your bliss. And he would say, like, once you face the dragon, the dragon starts to shrink. Right. this thing that was this fire breathing monster that was always you know, <sighs> there and you were afraid to, afraid to face it. Because because, well, because we because we, we keep giving
2: importance to things we think they can hurt us that never could. We only hurt ourselves. Those things don't really exist. You know, but in our heads, we think they do. Correct. We're convinced, and, it, and it's been enlightening for me with uh, Nellie and uh, my newfound love because she she has a different life and grew up in a different cultural atmosphere, and things that I take for granted and say, "Well, this, we'll just do this," and she said, "That can't be done," and it was interesting to me because her belief system was so strong, it overpowered reality in my mind. Mm. But it's only taken her a few months and she has a different outlook because I proved it. Much like I did with uh, that that couple out in Martinez Lake where I said, let me, let me show you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me, I mean, she was a harder to learn. She was more ingrained to say no. Uh, but little by little, her mind is opening to the possibilities of what can instead of the uh, understanding based on her experience that nothing can, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm, I'm relegated to, to what is and, and the what is. And Always we don't, will be. But we don't realize that we're carrying that in our minds. It's not reality. It's our minds. Change your mind,
1: change your life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not easy to do because it's it's imprinted and ingrained, but it's possible once you have the knowledge on how to do it.
1: That's awesome, man. I really want to thank you for taking this challenge or, or you know, just saying yes immediately. The text came right back. Rapid fire. You were going <laughs> to no do choice. It, you yeah. know, and so I appreciate you getting up on the Saturday morning and, Anytime. And, and doing this for us. It's, uh, it's been great to be able to be on the other side and ask you questions, questions I've always wanted to ask <laughs> and uh, to be able to
2: have this interaction. And I, I got to tell you, right before we start, you said, is there anything taboo, off limits? Nothing. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I have no secrets. You know, I'm completely wide open. So, you proved it.
1: You proved uh, it today. So, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate your honesty. I wish you the best in uh, your new business. I hope to see it thrive and you turn out more entrepreneurs and people that want to make the best out of their lives. So,
2: Well, thank you for having me, John. I appreciate it. Thank you
1: for coming on. And everybody, uh, if you can, subscribe to us. Leave us a rating. Five stars is always great. I like those when they come up. But uh, I appreciate everybody that makes this podcast happen. And thank you. Have a great day.